Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. This episode of Working Dog Radio is brought to you in part by the best training conference on the planet, HITS K9 Training and Conference, www.hitsk9.net, or call Jeff Barrett, 863-529-5113. We'll see you there. One of our other great sponsors, be sure to check them out, Ray Allen Manufacturing up in Colorado Springs, rayallen.com. Be sure to use the discount code WORKINGDOGRADIO for 10% off. Spell it out, get the discount. Everyone knows Ted and I are huge fans of Dogtra. Uh, we use all their products, lots of stuff. Dogtra.com, use the discount code WDR10 for 10% off a single item over $200. All right, everybody loves drag and drop the easiest way possible. The easiest way to get a kennel up and running is to get them from Horizon Structures. Go to horizonstructures.com or call 1-888-447-4337. Make sure you tell them that Working Dog Radio sent you. There you go. One of our newest sponsors and one of our favorites, Kinetic Dog Food. Kineticdogfood.com or call 512-279-8966. Get your dog on the right track. One of our other fantastic sponsors that are run by the Heiser, some of the best people in the industry. We love those guys. Uh, looking for a reputable canine kennel with dog sales and training services? They're located in sunny New Smyrna, Florida. Southern Coast Canine provides services worldwide from purchasing your next single or dual-purpose working dog to handler courses and seminars. Southern Coast is a great resource, so check them out. And where you can check them out is Southern Coast Canine. That's letter K, number 9.com, or give them a call, 877-903-DOGS. That's dogs. All right, Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. We are back for another episode we are recording this together. Ted and I are sitting together in the yeah. kitchen at the Van S Canine Fun House. Um, Ted and uh, Alicia came over from, and our buddy Ray came over from Oklahoma and California. Ted, you want to tease a little bit about why we're together? Well, we had such a uh, good response over the last, uh, I don't know, six, eight months uh, with Patreon. Um, then, and that platform leaves a little bit to be desired in terms of, interaction and what we can and can't put on there and how we run it because um, ultimately we don't own that platform um we own the content but we don't own like you know there's a lot of we're we're really limited in how we're able to interact with people on there um so uh we've got a new project we're working on that um i think is going to address that so that's why we're up here it's been a long <laughs> three days that's for damn sure <laughs> So, yeah, um, we'll have more information on that here coming out pretty soon. But, yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's kind of the short version of it to kind of address some of those issues because it's been a very, very um, worthwhile endeavor, and it's kind of a great supplement to this podcast. Um, there are, like I said, there are some limitations of it, and um, I think we're going to have a workaround for it. So that's what the point of this whole exercise up here at the Van S. Canine Funhouse uh, which, ironically enough, is around the corner from the sketchiest gas station I have ever been to in the United States. I've been to one in Mexico that was fucking sketchy, but that one, what was that place called? Uh, the Hall of Fame Fuel Mart. Hall of Fame Fuel Mart, yeah, that, uh, that's sketchy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny because it's across the street from the probably the worst housing project in the city, and then across the street in the other direction is the police academy. <laughs> so that's where my office was. Uh, one one of two offices I had when I was still at the police department. So, um, 
but yeah, the Hall of Fame Fuel Mart, it's, it's, uh, <clears throat> used to, I think the front glass is now bulletproof because there used to be the, there was shootouts between the owners and people in there, <laughs> like lots of shootouts for a while. It's, it's interesting. There's a, Usually a body in the parking lot, you know, in the place every once in a while. Uh, so. Dude, when I rolled up over there to buy an energy drink because it was 8 o'clock in the morning, there was dudes out there sipping Hennessy sitting on the fucking curb. I was like, ah, dang, already? Yeah. And It I was mean, Saturday, though, so. I guess. You get that. That's what, <laughs> that's what we do here in Canton, Saturday, uh, drinking at 8. So, anyways, um, since we're together, we don't have a guest with us. It's just going to be Ted and I riffing back and forth. Everybody loves the uh, rant episodes. They are easily the highest downloaded ones we have. Every time we put up a thing about what do you like best are the rants. Um, for my mental health, I don't want to do too many uh, rants. I get myself too angry. <laughs> However, what we are going to do is this episode is going to be, there's going to be some ranting and there's going to be some fun and funny stories and things like that. We are, the focus of this, of this episode is dumb stuff that handlers do during handler schools. And it doesn't matter if it's a green handler or if it's a guy on a second dog or third dog or hasn't been in a handler school in a long time. Um, it, there's a pretty consistent thing that guys do, and uh, a lot of them. <laughs> you start at the beginning by wanting to pick your dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I we you know We've had a couple of recent... Um, uh, stuff at Torchlight where they want to pick, like handlers are like, oh, they want to pick the dog. And I'm like, nah, no. Having like, never handled a dog. Yeah, having never handled a dog. Or they want to send somebody. I mean, it sounds like the story of when you got Gina, like, you know, you and Chris and some dude went and fucking were like, oh, we're going to pick these fucking yeah, dogs. Yeah, we know we're doing. Yeah, we, had, we trained a dog for a department, a single-purpose dog. And thankfully, um, one of the admins is one of uh, our old handlers, and they showed up with the handler when the dog was almost done. And some other person in the chain of command was there and was like, ask the handler, you know, what do you think of your new dog? And <laughs> before he could even answer, the, the, uh, the other admin was there, said, nobody gives a fuck what he thinks. This is his dog. <laughs> mm, nice. <laughs> and the handler kind of looked at me and I'm like, I, I mean, he's right. No, nobody cares what you think. <laughs> you, <laughs> you're a handler. You're holding the leash, bro. <laughs> like, so. If a green handler is sent to select a dog, they will almost always select the biggest dog. Uh-huh. And all based on looks, almost every time, that's yep. what they will pick. And uh, as and it, listen, it's, it's usually not their fault. They're they're made to come here by lazy admins. But um, you know, and I try to show them, and they'll they'll look at a dog, and or if he's got floppy ears, yeah. And they'll, I'm like, listen, man, don't sleep on this dog just just because he has one ear that goes you know east. Don't uh, don't sleep on this dog. Well, you know, I want this that big hundred pound dog. I'm like, you want him now, but I'm telling you, I bet your second dog ain't that big. Until you'd have to track in 110 degree heat for two miles and throw his fat ass over a fence. Yeah. <laughs> but, so we'll talk about a couple of things. There's one, um, and I'll reiterate it cause it just happened the other day and the guy's going to listen to this and laugh because he knows I'm talking about him, but I brought this up in a pot in an episode like two years ago. Um, e-collar stuff. So the the guy that I'm going to bitch about is <laughs> this is his third dog, <laughs> but the first dog was they never used e collars. You know the the training just wasn't about the e collar. Second dog we did use the e collar, um, 
But so now we have this dog and we're imprinting odor on the dog and a couple other things. And the dog's insanely high drive. And um, so we're using the e-collar for some some stuff, a little bit of clarity with him. But the, the handler keeps trying to work the e-collar with the remote on his belt instead of in his hand. So so we're working on getting the dog to spit the ball out so that we can go on to the next rep. And it's we're making him down, out, spit the ball out. I get it. We go and we run the next rep. But because of the delay in him holding the e-collar on his belt and trying to turn and look at it and hit it, then go back and try to work his leash, the dog is spinning the ball out and grabbing it again. <laughs> spinning and grabbing it. Spinning and grabbing It's like a freaking comedy show. So I'm like, hold the e-collar remote in your hand. I, I don't understand this, guys. I don't understand why you guys think you're so good and so fast that you can work the e-collar remote on your molly vest or on your belt instead of just taking it off and putting it in your hand and working the, the remote. I, it makes no sense to me. Uh, my guys will never see me do that. I always have the dog in my hand. I'm telling you, I'm faster than you are, way faster. And I have way more experience using the e-collar than you do. And I still hold it in my hand. So, so he did that day, and it worked great. Next day, we come in, because it's an explosive dog, so we're putting seven odors on the dog. Um, he come back, and he's back to trying to do it off his belt. <laughs> and I'm like, what are we fucking doing here? I don't, I don't understand it. So handlers, put the damn remote. And, I, dude, I see him try to do that shit on recall, like working recall for, uh, for a state certification. They're trying to just turn down and push the button on their belt and some of them will turn and look at it like that you turn and look at it that dog is in utah <laughs> by the time you you know if that's how we're doing the recall and um so yeah that's that that, that popped in my mind because it just happened <laughs> so what do you see over in oklahoma what uh um you know i'm pretty uh understanding about guys especially if it's the first dog um just because you know I fundamentally believe that most canine handlers are in canine for the right reasons, you know, and that their hearts are in the right place and that they, um, that they, they're not idiots and, you know, they just have to be taught. And I kind of take for granted a, a lot of what we do. Like we live in this little bubble and, you know, Scott and I and Travis and you and everybody, we're working dogs like every day, right? That's all we do. So I get kind of frustrated sometimes with leech handling. I get frustrated with, um, like, how they're handling the dog. And, like, when I do it, the dogs are great. When they don't, they're like, well, I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm like, oh. You know, so the leech handling portion of it is um, one thing. And this is universal. Like, the first day of class, like, when we start doing just basic, like, detection stuff, baby, baby tracks, even though the dogs are done, right, I give them a 15-foot line. And I tell them, I'm like, you know, You've got two hands. You don't have to. The, the leash does not need to be in both fucking hands. And I tell them all the time. And for whatever reason, and for tracking too, like everybody wants to coil that bitch up like they're a cowboy, and they want to carry a coil of leash around. And it gets, you know, I don't know, several weeks for them to get kind of under control, um, being able to manage like a thirty and a fifteen foot line, and then they get to earn their six foot. Um, until they can use a 15 foot correctly, but it, it's just one other thing that's uh, that's layer uh, that's added onto it. Um, one thing I constantly tell my handler, especially well with the dual purpose dogs, is you can't teach dogs to bite people on shock when they do. And I say it all the time. 
Uh, and they're kind of like, oh, yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. I'm like, no, you don't understand, man. They're, they will bite people. I'm like, all right. And they say, okay, yeah. I'm like, yeah. So um, I had a handler school um, with two of my favorite handlers um, in hindsight. Um, neither one of them are handlers anymore. But they, they were in school together from different departments. We were doing building searches. And uh, one would play backing officer for the other one during the building searches. So we get a successful building search with one. They switch dogs. I go back into the building to hide. And I hear the announcement, and then I hear the other one yell. And I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? Well, he had stood inside the door, and Alicia had to take him to the fucking emergency room so the dog blasted him. And she's like, you know, you call the backup officer for a reason. Like, you know, it's in the name. You're supposed to be behind them. And the dog came in and saw him standing there and just fucking nuked him. And I was like, what the hell? What happened? And he said, you know, uh, I was standing where I wouldn't. I was like, where the fuck were you standing? The dog redirected. He was like, no, I was inside the door. I'm like, yeah. you were inside the door. And I looked at the other handler. I'm like, and you went ahead and turned the dog loose? And he kind of shrugged. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, you guys. <laughs> That's like, on him. Come on, no. man. <laughs> like, you can't teach dogs to bite people like shock they do. They don't know the difference. And he was like, oh, you've been around him for a while. I'm like, dude, he's been around him for a month. During handler school, he'll still bite the fuck out of him. So, and that dog got a bite the other night, by the way. But, oh, nice! <laughs> on somebody he was supposed to bite. One, the, I've talked to a lot of people that um, talk about their uh, like. So you're a cop and you want to be a canine handler, and the application process in your department, and the one the one that we don't do in Canton and probably should is kind of a questionnaire or something about dog knowledge at all uh-huh. right yeah. you don't have to be a dog trainer you don't have to um have you know have had 400 dogs but i had i've had two guys in the last probably three years come that say they've always wanted to be a canine guy and then they they you know watch videos all this stuff and have never heard of a belgian malamo never <laughs> heard of it i'm like come on man like they're like what kind of dog is that that's a that's a skinny shepherd. What kind of dog is that? That's I've never seen an all tan shepherd. And I'm like, really, dude? Seriously? And uh, they'd never heard of a Belgian Malinois yet. They are supposedly, uh, you know, these big dog gurus or, or, or really wanted to be a, a handler. Um, I know a buddy of mine down in another country. Uh, that's part of their thing. They, you have to have you have to be a dog person. Right to to right. get it, and I think that's probably a good idea. But to come to training the first day and you've never heard of a of a Belgian Malinois, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, we, we can do a little bit better selection than that. I've had guys come through that were um, gun dog guys. They were good hunting dog guys, mm-hmm. and you know the and they kind of so they're at least familiar with like kind of some of training. But you know how we train the police dogs is not. No, I know we train gun dogs, mm. and you know they're kind of like, oh man, I this is much different than running the lab. I'm like, oh yeah, it, I mean it's this is a different deal altogether. And so, yeah, that's been that's been an interesting thing that's happened over the years for sure. Yeah, we um, we get a lot of different people from a lot of different agencies through here. Um, <laughs> I had a guy uh, who came who had always wanted to be the the handler. And he'd worked at several places and couldn't get picked to do it. And um, so <clears throat> he became the boss at his small department. So he got to be the, the, the handler. And uh, he's a little bit older, closer to my age. So he got all my 
freaking 80s music references and TV references <laughs> and stupid movie lines that I'll throw out. And he's like, that's Step Brothers. And he knew right what I, you know, what I was talking about. But um, he didn't know. So we decided on the first day of doing boxes, he was a green dog. Um, what, what do you want to use for his uh, search command for narcotics? He was going to use uh, search, I think it was. So, okay. So we start, we'll start running it. The next day, we're going to go work in the morning. And he says, uh, find it. I go, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. I thought we decided that search was going to be your search command. He goes, I have to say the same thing every time? <laughs> like every time, every day, the same command? And I'm like, uh, wow, really? You, how long were you wanting to be a canine guy? Like he didn't, know, he didn't know any of that. Same with tracking. He would say something different every time the start of the track when we we're, we're teaching that dog to track. Um, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I was like, I, I'm floored by this. <laughs> floored by it. I, I, I didn't get it. So uh, you've done a lot of handler schools lately, a lot, like back to back yeah. to back. What? Uh, it's nice being able to train dogs right now and not people, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Tell some, uh, do you have any stories from those classes? The current ones, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, we had one dog in that we didn't train. We are doing a handler school for it, and the dog was pretty spicy. And um, he was definitely uh, his little Malinois, and he was kind of a dick. Um, and the handler was super worried for some reason uh, that the dog wouldn't engage um, on hidden equipment or like on an actual bite. So... You know, Travis and I kind of fucked around, and we were doing bites. I'm like, this dog is definitely not going to have an engagement problem. And uh, dog, um, some of Ray Allen, the stuff that uh, Mike the uh, from Primal, they did the Primal Canine, like the decoy armor, and poor Matt from fucking Ray Allen. Like, every time he sends us something, he has to, like, there's a disclaimer now in the fucking Ray Allen catalog, like, you can't do what you see the idiots in social media do. So I've just been using those things as just, like people use fire hose and phone books, right? I'm like, oh, it'll work. And it does. So I was like, fuck it. I put a suit jacket on, not a bite suit, a suit suit. And from like the uh, homeless shelter looking thing. And I, the handler didn't see me do it. Um, he just thought I put a jacket on and I walk in there because it's a super thin deal. We have the dog back tied in the box and I just walk up and stick my arm in his mouth and his eyes got uh, massive, massive. His eyes, he was like, holy shit, are you okay? Are you okay? And he was like, oh, dog name, out, 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 which I'll talk about in a second. And so the dog outs, and he's like, shit, and he fucked up the suit jacket and all this other stuff, and I was like, he'll bite. And I went outside, and he came running out, and he finally realized that I had the this. And I didn't do it on purpose. Like I just I just got dressed in the office and put the put the suit jacket on over the super thin stuff, And he, but he was super, super worried that the dog had just nuked me. And he did. He bit the shit out of me. And he was like, man, I will never question whether this dog is going to engage again mm. or if he's equipment fixated. He was like, because I thought for sure he had fucking blasted you, which is another thing I mentioned. You know, he said out like 47 times. One thing I say in handler schools all the time is one command, one behavior. Um, and we do it at HRDs, too. Um, you know, I'm like, you need to it's, say it once. And if he doesn't do it, correct him or, you know, do something else. But, you know, continuing to say it over and over and over and over and over again. Like when you're tracking, he doesn't need you to say fucking track 9,000 times. He gets it. Like, I, I mean, if he's tracking, shut up and let him track, man. Yeah. Fuck. Stay out of his way. Yeah, the, definitely over-talking the dogs is a big thing. Um, 
we, we see it a lot. So I was listening to an episode of uh, Cleared Hot, Andy Stump's podcast the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. He's a SEAL Team 6 guy. And he was talking about, uh, with another team guy, about um, during, during SEAL training, during BUDS, like after the first couple few days of uh, scuba where they're teaching them to, to dive, and maybe they pass a couple little things that they're supposed to do at the end of the week. I can't remember how long it was. He would have to go in and have a uh, meeting with people and go, look, do not go down to this dive shop this weekend and rent dive equipment and go out in the fucking ocean and dive. You are not scuba divers now, right? D basically, don't do sh dumb shit on your off time. And that's a big thing, man, with handlers that we got to watch in the evening or uh, weekends. Like, you almost have to give the weekend safety brief on Friday. Yep. And it's like, look, man, well, what should I work on over the weekend? <sighs> work on your throwing, as in <laughs> throw the ball and let him bring it back and throw it again and let him bring it back. During your handler school, unless you're super experienced and you actually know a little bit about it, don't. That's a, that word, don't. Don't do anything stupid. Don't show off the dog to friends. Don't share beer bongs with the dog. <laughs> Don't get drunk and bring the dog in your house. Don't try to do obedience, especially if you're like a week into school, two weeks into school. And granted, when I'm teaching obedience, I'm breaking things down for the guys pretty good so that, to give them a pretty good knowledge of it. But I don't want you doing any of that stuff on, on the weekend or in the evenings. That's, we have eight hours a day, eight hours a day of training on the dog. It's a lot. They don't need you to do... Yeah. more con conflicting dumb shit on the weekends. And the other big thing to remind handlers, this is not just handlers in classes, the handlers in general, with the exception of a few departments, the dog belongs to the police department. Yeah. They are not yours. You do not own them. Do not make dumb decisions based on the dog, especially like if you're going to go on vacation. You're going to go on vacation and you, rather than kennel the dog, to an approved kennel, you have your grandmother come over and let the dog out. And next thing you know, grandma got bit. So then she's just putting food in through the slot and then the dog's living in shit. And we didn't make this up. This stuff happens. Yeah. They're not your dogs. They belong to your department. Even if your department's full of fuck shits, it's still their dog. And ultimately it's their decision and some of this stuff. So don't, don't get used to that whole my dog, my dog, my dog thing. Um, it's your partner that you work with. but um, And so if you leave your department and that dog is like four, yeah, do not expect to take that dog with you. No. You should not expect it. You should not be doing social media posts, getting people to try to put pressure on your agency to give you the dog who's still in prime condition. Yeah, dogs are fucking expensive, and there's a lot of time and <laughs> money put into them. And if they're four, they have another four to five or six years left. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, don't, I mean, especially like the military is the same way. I mean, shit, every time we interview one of the military handlers, how many times those dogs like change handlers? Like, yeah. I mean, a, every rotation, all, all the fucking time. Yeah. So they do a pump with one guy, and then they go to somebody else, and then they go to somebody else, and then they go to somebody else, um, and they work just fine. But, um, and, and I get it. You've been to war. You've been on the street kicking ass with this dog. Oh, yeah, the story with Will in Cairo. I mean, what a fucking shit show that was to get a hold of him. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, it's... The, he got lucky. Yeah. It worked out, you know. Um, but now, if your agency, if you leave, 
listen, and I get it. You get to, when you leave and you have a young dog and they let you take the dog with you, either you leave the department or maybe you decide to be, get promoted or be a detective or something, um, and they let you take the dog, it's because they like you. Yeah. That it's, it's a hundred percent. I've seen agencies with multiple dogs that let a guy take a dog and didn't let another guy take a dog. So, um, but if, if you leave and that dog is young, you should not expect to, uh, buy that dog for a dollar. If you did good on you, but like there used to be a huge social media account, uh, canine jester back in the day. It was one of the first real big canine, uh, accounts The get, and it was the guy that the handler that, um, stood there looking at the camera and dropped the ball right as the dog come flying by like 40 yeah. miles an hour. It's an awesome, great video. And a lot of people replicated it and things like that. That account blew up to 200 and some thousand followers. But that handler left the department and went to another agency and people lost their shit that he wasn't getting to take that dog. I think the yeah. dog was three. Yeah, he wasn't that old. No, come on, people, stay out of it. And... Don't have your wife put up social media bitching about you don't get that this is his partner, this was his dog. No, it was not. It was the department's dog. Four years old. I mean, just we just had one here in Ohio like that. And it's like, shut up, man. Yeah. Stop. And he, the guy did not get to take the dog. You don't earn the right. To, that's not, it's not your dog. Now, when that dog retires, say the dog's eight or nine, and they try to do some funky bullshit. You know, sending the dog maybe to a foster family instead of letting the handle. Now that's that's nah, bullshit. That's bullshit. That's stuff you fight. But if the dog has years left in him, he's not your dog. Now there are some. This is the, in my opinion, the dumbest thing ever. There are agencies in. It's mostly in South Carolina, where the handler has to buy the dog. So either out of pocket he buys the dog, or the department buys the dog and leases it to him, or or. He, right. he buys the dog from him, and they take it out of his paycheck every, every two weeks. Um, and then the problem with I don't understand that. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. And, but where it causes problems, I guarantee is, so you come to training, and I'm the trainer, and this is what we're going to do today. And at my department, they had no say because I'm in charge. They have no say whether or not they're going to run this exercise with their dogs. Barring any injuries with a dog that, that I would already know about. Um, but down in those agencies, the guy can just show up and say, I'm not doing that. And why not? Because it's my dog. Because I own him. So I'm not going to do the window bite through the car because I just don't feel like it. And there's no recourse and there's nothing that they can do about it. So I think it's ridiculous. And I've said this in other podcasts. Do not buy your way in the canine. If you have an agency yeah. that makes you buy the dogs, either... Give up on that dream or go to another department, but do not buy your own dog. We had a dog. Um, you mentioned the department not liking somebody. And so uh, I had a handler that ran a really nice dog and worked for a department that the department as a whole supported him and the unit. But he had a guy over him that did not like him. And the dude was the, the, the admin, this particular admin was looking for any fucking thing that it was always something, um, with this handler and he wasn't a bad handler. I mean, he was actually a really good handler. He was a good police officer. Um, and they just had some personal back and forth shit. And, um, ultimately it led to the handler quitting, um, law enforcement altogether and the dog then getting, they didn't even want to reassign him. 
they tried to sell him back to me. And I was like, well, what am I going to do with a five-year-old dog? I mean, I can't turn around and then sell him, you know? And I just told him, I was like, well, sell him to the handler. And I was like, if you want to sell him to me, just sell him to the handler. He'll take him. You know, I mean, what am I going to do with a five-year-old dog? I can't sell him, you know? And they didn't want to, uh, when this handler quit, this guy did not want canine, did not want any, like, at all anymore. So he flat out told me, no, we're not going to sell the dog to the handler. Um, and they ended up giving it to another agency. They just gave the dog away mm-hmm. instead of selling it to the handler because they didn't like him. They didn't like the handler. <laughs> and super nice dog. And I'm like, so they just gave him away for free. And he actually ended up biting somebody the other day. Um, he's got a good handler now and he's been successful and like, and they're still in the local area, but I mean, that's one of those things. And, and in fact, the handler offered him money, um, offered them, I don't know, six or 8,000 bucks. And they're like, no. So instead of taking six or $8,000 for the dog, they gave it away for free. That's some spite there. That's, buddy. that's some yeah. fucking hate. And that, 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 that admin was a fucking dickhead anyway, but, um, you know, he's a fucking shithead, but, um, I was just, I was floored. Uh, Scott and I both were like, I, I sit there and I'm like, I'm in awe. And, I'm, and I thought to myself, I'm like, well, fuck, I'll just buy him from him and I'll just give it to the handler. I don't care. I can, and he can buy it from me. But I mean, they, yeah. they were super specific. Like the, 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 the dog cannot go to the handler. And, you know, because in Oklahoma, we have a state certification requirement. And once the dog is quote unquote officially retired with our agent, with the, our state thing, mm-hmm. the dogs can't work anymore. Um, and they were, their claim was they were worried he was going to go to another department and take the dog and start working again. And I'm like, that's not how this works. Like, it's not how the state certification works. That's not like, and I told him like, you guys should know that's not how this works. No, I just, and I didn't, conf- I kind of confronted him. I was like, you guys just don't want him to have the dog. If that's it, it's your dog. I, I mean, like you said, it did, the dog mm-hmm. belongs to them. I don't care. I mean, I mean, I do, but I was just like, it's your decision. I mean, it's not up to me. You guys paid me and paid for the dog. So, I mean, you know, my, my whatever is out of it i mean what happens to it is not my problem anymore so but yeah if you work for one of those guys Mm. (laughs) you work for some people like that yeah they um (laughs) they never uh their whole thing though was if they didn't like you they didn't like your dog that too so it was very strange it was very strange but like one of our guys just retired and uh they let him take his dog with him and the dog had some years left but was like on that edge, like that six or seven age, you know right. what I mean? And um, so it was for them. It was it was a good idea. They end up, you know, replacing with a good handler and, and a one and a half year old dog that they're going to get eight or nine years out of, hopefully, rather than having to redo it again in two or three years. Right. Um, so, but uh, and then they had another guy that just left the unit and his dog, like, kind of the same thing. They just they didn't like him, so they're like, yeah, we don't we don't want to give your dog to anybody. Uh, just take them, which is a, is whatever. That's their their call. Again, it's their dog. Yeah. So, um, and that that's real hard for people to to grasp and understand. And I get it, man. Being being attached to those to your dog, I do get it. Trust me. But um, you might get uh, a cheese sandwich right up your ass. You'd we uh, we had we got uh, we sold a fucking gangster ass dog to a neighboring state, and through some political stuff um some admins changed and um the person the incoming administration was not real fond of canine or law enforcement in general and a lot of this department ended up quitting or changing jobs so the dog lost the handler and Mm. they effectively were like well they paid us to board him and i'm like you guys realize i mean 
I don't mind doing it, right? Because we raised this dog, super nice German Shepherd. And uh, we ended up just buying him back. And they were okay with it. They were like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. And the handler was like, you know, I'll buy him. And we're like, well, I mean, you know. But it was kind of one of those deals. They, uh, you know, it's another deal. Like they they lost, I want to say they lost 12 or 14 officers in one in one day. Everybody quit. So, you know, and the dog was, uh, two dogs actually were unfortunate fallouts um, from that. One went ahead and retired and they let him take the dog. And the other one, um, the dog was only two at the time. And so it turned into a fucking shit show. But it was one of those deals like the dog belonged to the department. And so they let the dog, they paid me for boarding for a year and maintenance training. And then I was just like, you know, you owe me this much. So they're like, well, you just keep him then. I'm like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. So super nice dog. I still got him. <laughs> yeah. That's probably their plan all along. Yeah. They don't give a shit. Um, so I'll, I got a couple stories. Um, Let's go ahead and break for commercial. Uh, we're going to put our ads in here, and we'll come back and tell a couple funny stories. Um, the stories that you, some of you can't believe, some are pretty funny. So we'll be right back. And Ray Allen Canine Manufacturing. It's no secret that we love Ray Allen Canine Equipment. We use their products every single day. Their mission statement says it all. To be a world leader in quality and innovation of professional canine equipment for police, military, Schutzen, and ring sport, to exceed our customers' expectations and delivery on time, every time, at a fair price. We full-heartedly believe they've held true to that, since it is our go-to one-stop shop for everything dog. One of the longtime sponsors of Working Dog Radio from the beginning has been Highland Canine in North Carolina. Tactical Police Canine a.k.a. Highland Canine in North Carolina, offers training, seminars, and consulting globally for police, military, and non-government agencies. They provide customized training programs to address specific problems and meet the needs of your organization. Check out their wide array of handler courses, instructor courses, supervisor courses, and online courses at tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. Jason and Aaron Ferguson are two of our most favorite people, and they have been with us since the beginning, so hit them up. We get it. Fueling a working dog can be tough, but they need that high quality food to give them the energy and nutrients that they require for the work we ask them to do. Kinetic Dog Food has a great balance of healthy meats and grains and is made specifically for working and sporting dogs. They have a full line of foods and supplements available, and they've been working to perfect their line with thousands of dogs in hundreds of departments across the U.S. and you can buy it locally, online, or at Tractor Supply. Okay. Another one of our favorite partnerships is with the one and only Dogtra. These guys are producing some amazing tools in the dog training world. Everything from e-collars, GPS tracking, ball training, bark collars. If it's electronic, Dogtra is the best. They are truly revolutionizing the way you communicate with your dog. Plus, they give us a great discount code. Go to Dogtra.com. Everybody hears me say all the time, you can't teach dogs to bite people and I'm shocked when they do. Inevitably, I get bit. You've all heard me talk about how I get tagged and being tagged by a dog sucks. So I've used quick term uh, to help myself. Uh, but before 
I had to go to the doctor's office. Uh, it, it definitely helped keep down infection and everything else. And I've had some uh, non-scarring because of it too. So it's pretty good, but it's no exaggeration. The stuff is great. Once daily treatment for any skin condition on small wounds to help stop little issues from becoming big ones that your admins are sure to love. It comes in a spray, it comes in an ointment, it comes in a dressing. Quick Derm is great at creating protective barrier and promoting wound healing. There's no reason not to have a bottle of this in the patrol car, or your kennel, or your first aid cabinet. Plus, it's, it's uh, temperature stable. So you can keep it in the patrol car when it's cold, when it's hot, whenever, and it'll still be good. Make sure you hit them up at vetcare.us and use the discount code 10WDR for a discount on your first purchase, which is going to be 10%. Have you ever dreamed of having your own kennel, but don't know where to start? Horizon Structures has taken all of the guesswork out of building a kennel. Everything is pre-built to your specifications and preferences, and then assembled and dropped off at your land. Boom, new kennels. And these things are amazing. You've got to see them to truly believe them. Their website, horizonstructures.com, is a one-stop shop. Build your best kennel, your favorite things you want. Check it out, horizonstructures.com. All right, Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. We are back. Hope you listen to the um, all those sponsors. Uh, the, the discount codes are in the show notes. Their website, social media, all that stuff. Make sure you give them a follow. We have great sponsors. We love it. This stuff is not free. Um, even though it's, uh, we don't charge, you know, uh, listeners, it is not free to put on. It's not even cheap to put on. It is uh, yeah. equipment, storage fees, all that stuff is expensive. So we appreciate our sponsors, and we love you guys um, getting out there and, uh, and checking those people out. Again, keep your ears and eyes open. We do have some announcements coming up for us, some things that uh, we are doing together, kind of um, a big step for us here at the podcast and uh, with HRD, it's going to be pretty good, I think. It's going to be a good time. So Yeah, it's going to fill in some gaps for us for uh, Patreon. Uh, we're going to keep Patreon. Um, eventually, what we may end up doing is um, archiving a lot of the older episodes, Um because, and you know, you mentioned that it's not free. Well, every gigabyte that we keep on a server, the specific one that hosts that kicks this to iTunes and Google Play and all that kind of stuff um, is a monthly fee. And we're over 100 episodes now, and mm. <laughs> those fees start to add up pretty quickly. So what we end up doing is archiving a lot of those episodes and maybe making, like, the, the oldest 20 available mm-hmm. and everything else um, archived where you can access it um, from another location. But that's all, like, working down the line. Uh, yeah, so this episode's been... Um, even though I'm, I'm convinced that, you know, being a handler is the best job in law enforcement, um, and, you know, you guys have the best by far the best jobs um handlers do stupid shit sometimes and Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's what this episode has been about it's not been a bit session but it's just been kind of like you know i mean everybody does this or shouldn't do this or should do that uh what you should and shouldn't expect and should and shouldn't do so so i've said this before on other episodes and i've talked about it a lot is that when you're a dog trainer you have to become a a bit of a student of human psychology um, we know how dogs learn, right? And we have to adjust for certain dogs because they're not robots. And some of them learn this way better than they do this way. But it's still, it's A plus B equals C for dogs. That's how they learn. Um, so, but for trainers, you, as much 
of a point to training is not just the dog, it's the person. So you'll have guys that come in the class and they maybe haven't been through any significant training in a long time. Maybe say maybe they're on the job for 10 years. They went through the academy, did a couple in-service things, nothing major or whatever, and they just they got by. Then they come to the canine class and we take that fire hose and stick it right in their mouth and turn it on. And guys then learn a lot of things about themselves during that process. Uh, they may have not known that they're the kind of guy that learns by um, you physically showing them. Yeah. Some learn well from just you telling them. Some learn from um, just a lot of different ways to do it. Uh, some guys cannot you learn pretty quickly that you cannot give instruction to the guy if his dog is in the room with him. Like if he's holding the leash, you can't tell him what to do because he's not paying attention to you. He's looking at the dog. Yeah. Or fiddle fucking with the dog's leash or dicking around while I'm trying to tell you exactly what we're about to do. And um, then, and I've had a handler every once in a while look at me and go, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I didn't hear anything you just said. And I stood there three feet from them and talked to them for five minutes. Yeah. Um, some people you can give, okay, that we're going to do one, two, and three back to back to back other guys. You, there's no way you cannot do it. Um, you have to talk to them as they're doing it. So if you tell them, we're going to give the out command, then tell the dog to sit, then tell the dog to come back to you. So we've built to this point, right? Yeah. Out, sit here, out, sit here. And that's what we're going to do. Right? So we're going to keep this clean. We're getting it ready. Out, sit here. Uh, eventually it's going to be out in here, but we're doing out, sit here. They will blank out after the out. <laughs> they may remember the sit, but they will not remember the here. Or they'll out and forget the sit part and then just back to the here. Or they'll out and forget both of the other things and just freeze up, just lock We up. see that at HRD when we're like, like, well, my dog's on an out, and they out, and they're like, holy shit, I'm like, call him back. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been here before. I don't, I've never experienced an out. Uh, we, we have a, a thing that I always like to say when we're teaching guys the, uh, the recall for the certification, that when the dog turns back towards the handler, so in Ohio, it's a run, it's, it's the decoy takes off running, you send the dog, when the dog gets at least 30 feet away, right. you have to uh, recall him, right? The decoy stops and the dog recalls. The dog cannot engage the decoy at all. He can run up around him, run up, bark at him, come back, whatever. He just can't bite him. So we get the dog to turn, and as the dog turns back to the decoy I, or to the handler, I keep explaining to him, make it a party where you're at, right? The highest value thing is right down the road in front of him. We need him to want to come back to you, right? So make it a party and, yeah, come here, come here, come here, and praise him up. We use, sometimes we use tugs for certain dogs to get him to come back or a Kong on a rope. Make it fun. Make him want to come back to you, especially if we're using the e-collar on it where we're doing pressure on and he's, as he's turning, the pressure comes off. He needs to be able to know to come back to you at a high speed. And we'll get a guy every once in a while who I call him the Nazi youth they stand in this rigid attention position when they <laughs> yeah. send the dog and the dog recalls and turns around and the guy's standing there like he's like Adolf Hitler's walking down the line and he's 14 years old in this weird, strange, rigid position. And I'm like, say something to your dog, anything, anything. Cause the dog will, I'm not fucking going over there to that dude. 
Look at him. <laughs> he looks like a, a statue. You know, turn and, and break recall. And then when he does, the handler's never ready for it. No. They're, they're never ready for it, and they go back and bite the decoy. And if you're the decoy, that gets old. Yes, that sucks. You know, when you're working recall. So those of you who are listening, if you struggle with working recall, here's a little pro tip, secret. Go to an old school and work on slick floors. Oh, yeah, it slows them down. It's the yeah. easiest way to do it. It's so simple. Or a warehouse with, like, that super polished concrete. Yeah. Yeah, that shit works, too. Yep. But, uh, yeah, that's slows them way down. Carpet and grass? Nope. Go yeah. faster's engaged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they have four of them. So. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that I, um, it's always interesting, you know, I'll train a new handler and by the end of my handler school, they're fucking rocking, right? Like they've got their case law down, they've got their, you know, handling down, um, they've got all this stuff down, right? And these are, this is for the guys that don't live near me. Um, and then I send them out into the world to go do police dog handler things. Um, and then I'll get a call. You know, or Scott will get a call, you know, a couple weeks, maybe a month later. I'm having a problem. I'm like, well, what? and it's something that is addressed during handler school. I'm like, okay, well, what, what, why is this all of a sudden becoming a problem? Where, where, what is, you know, what, what ended up fucking happening? So ended up, I start, you know, kind of talking to him. And there's always that one motherfucker in a training group or in a department that was a canine handler or knew a canine handler. And motherfucker ain't handled a dog since Clinton was in office, but he was like, well, when I was a handler, this is how we did it. Tell them to shut the fuck up. It is your dog. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and I see this all the time. Like, I'll turn my local guys loose and they'll go to other training groups. And, or they'll be training with some of our state certifiers, who They're all great guys and they all mean well. I've showed up to some of those before, and my handlers are there, and they're doing the exact opposite shit that I told them to do. And I'm kind of, and I'll stand there in front of everybody and be like, What are you doing? You know better than that. And they're like, Well, they told, I was like, I don't give a fuck what they told you to do. I was like, You do what I tell you to do and what you were taught to do. Don't do that. You know why you're not supposed to do that. Don't fucking do that. I don't care. And, you know, it's be proactive and stand up for your dog. A lot of, you know, Another local agency um, is large. Um, they don't have their own dog, right? They haven't had their own dog for fucking 15 years, right? They had one that retired, a single-purpose dog in the jail. And um, their deputies, every time they get a call for service, it's their, like, you know, they had one guy that was a handler, and he was a, not that great of a handler when mm -hmm. he was a handler. And um, not the guy that handled the single-purpose dog, but um, and he wasn't that good when he had a dog. And so, you know, they're constantly questioning my handlers, like, well, is this dog any good and set and the other? And I'm like, tell them to shut the fuck up. Like, what you, they wouldn't know anything mm -hmm. related to any of this shit anyway. They don't even have a fucking dog. They've never worked around them. And I was like, just tell them to shut the fuck up. And, you know, it gets old. A lot of times you do these calls for service and the, you know, the, the, the primary agency is like, oh, is this dog any good? And you're like, and fuck you. Like, I mean, that's, mm -hmm. and, you know, I've tied my handlers. I tell handlers, like, just tell them to fuck off. I know it's not professional, but you can do it in a professional way. But, you know, you just, I mean, be your dog's biggest advocate, right? When I want, when my guys leave, I want them to be their dog's biggest advocate um, on paperwork and on the leash. And I want them to be confident and I want them to be able to make the call as the handler. In fact, if you guys go and look at a lot of your policies, um, ultimately the decision to deploy it or not deploy on a lot of stuff is left up to the handler. Yeah, you may have to talk to your sergeant or lieutenant or whatever, but, um, 
you know, ultimately that's up to you and be your dog's biggest advocate. I mean, if they want you to do something, be like, no, I got a call at three o'clock in the morning, one of my handlers. And he said, "Uh, we're on a task force. um, And this three letter agency wants me to deploy a dog on a front door sniff to gain PC. I was like, absolutely fucking not. Mm -hmm. I was like that. And this is after um, Jardine. I was like, absolutely fucking not. Remember in handler school when I told you not to do that? This is why. And he was like, dude, I told them that. And they said it was okay. I'm like, they will hang your ass out to fucking dry. I was like, do not do that. Tell them to get a fucking warrant like everybody else does Mm -hmm. and do it right. And I was like, after they get it and they need you to go in there and search to find dope, whatever. But tell the three-letter agency to go hug a nut or to get one of their own fucking dogs and do it. And I was like, absolutely fucking not. It was a house that, and they were like, well, we need the dog to sniff for PC. He's like. I don't think I'm supposed to do that. And they're like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. No, fuck that shit. Nope. No, it won't. I don't care that they're part of a three-letter federal agency. They don't give a shit about you. So be your dog's biggest advocate for against admins, against other agencies, against used-to-be fucking handlers, and against state certifiers or guys that profess to know more than you. Yeah, we, it's your fucking dog. We used to do that whole. Well, uh, it's your partner. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> right. We used to hold the. Uh, we used to use the dogs to sniff um, the exteriors of houses, uh, mostly for grow operations. You know, oh yeah, and, yeah. And we'd yeah. always hit the dryer vent, things like that, and sniff yeah. the front door and stuff. And I remember doing it, and I always felt sketched out about it because we're we're just we're tr- encroaching on these people's property, and going up there, and if you know, their excuse to shoot through the fucking window was always because I just saw a guy with a gun, you know, coming up on my yard or something. So when the Supreme Court overruled that and said that you cannot do that, like you need a warrant to get on there and sniff that house, right. uh, I was not surprised. That no, was, that, yeah. I was not surprised and not butthurt about that one at all. No. Nope. I, I hated it. <laughs> I mean, listen, we had great success. Um, every time the dog would hit on the dryer vent, there was always a huge marijuana grow operation in the basement, always, every time. But um, I just never really liked it. At I mean, all. if the if the dog alert at that point is it is no mute point mute point at this point. But if the dog alert is the linchpin of getting a warrant, you probably need to work it a little more. Yeah, you, do, <laughs> like, do your trash pulls. Do, uh, mean, do your your you know electric bill checks and yeah. just all that stuff. You can get warrants with those two stuff. You don't need the dog sniff for it, but. Everybody wants more, 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 and I get it. I, I do get that, but yeah, eventually they made it. Uh, and a lot of a lot of those dudes didn't even know afterwards. They were trying to get it, and guys were calling me. I'm like, no, no, they just they just threw yeah. that out. You can't do that. It's been 2013. Like, right. you, you don't do that anymore. Yeah. Like, you don't have to. And if you are listening to this, do that. Tell that three letter agency or your fucking state drug guys that they can get their own damn dog or just they can do a warrant like everybody else. Do it correctly. But yeah, no, we we don't do that shit no more. But the story, the point of that story was that, you know, my, I told my handler, I was like, bullshit, that is your department's, your dog, your department's dog. And I was like, that is, there is case law on that from the Supreme Court. Tell them no. Like, and just say, no, I can't do that because of this. They're not, I mean, what are they going to do? Never ask you to come out again? Fine, right. whatever. But, I mean. On that point, though, this is something I've stressed to guys for years. Do not say no to any call like that over the radio. Yeah. Go first. So we will we'll hear stories of guys were called out by another agency that's not very good at like perimeter and things like that. And they're mm-hmm. you get called out and 
the guy will be on the radio. I'm not going over there. They screwed it all up. I guarantee it. <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh. And yeah, don't do that. Now, no, we that's <laughs> don't not, hit reply all on the email. <laughs> that's not a dog call. Like over the radio, and it's like, listen, go there. And a lot of these, even if you think they trampled down the track and screwed it all up, you should try. Give right. it a shot. But also know your dog's limitations. And if you go there and the and the uh, the drug guys are like, hey, we want you to walk up this guy's driveway and sniff the car that's hidden underneath that uh, tarp. <laughs> nope. In his, in his carport or something. Uh, nah, man. <laughs> but wait till you get there and tell him that stuff. And explain to him why. But don't say no over the phone or over the radio. You look like an idiot. Um, and it'll, it'll screw your program up, especially if you have haters in your department. So be the guy who's always, well, I'll give it a shot. I'll go out here. I know I'm going to track you, sir, back to your cruiser because you're lying to me about <laughs> having not gone that way. But okay, whatever. We're going to track. And, um, and then, you know, you can educate some folks maybe and try some things and explain to them why you can't do it when you get there. Like this, this particular dog, you want me to track a, a 95-year-old missing woman and this dog will bite her for sure. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> So you can't, can't teach dogs to bite people. I'm shocked when they do. Right, but don't say it over the radio. Go go to the call first. So I have a great story. I tell the story all the time from a handler school uh, a few years ago, um, and the handler's probably listening. And uh, <laughs> you know, Robbie, I love you, but uh, this is fucking funny. So and 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 very weird. But this comes from. I think some of this comes from me being. I put. Um, High pressure on guys while we're working, right? And guys get to the point where, I don't know, they don't want me to yell at them or, which I don't do anymore. Okay, this last class that's going through right now, I'm going to test, kind of change, but they don't want, you know, <laughs> it, it's just a lot. They don't want to screw up and whatever. So we have this whole factory building that we use and uh, for training. And there's a, uh, a big room that was office building. So you go in this big, huge open section, but on the left side is a wall with a whole bunch of small offices, door after door after door after door. And I've trained hundreds of dogs in there. And basically what we were doing this day is I had um, a blank room and then I had four, I think four hot rooms in a row, right? And they were very simple hides. This was a new dog. This was pretty early on. So all the handler was gonna do was go in, hit the, hit the blank room, go hit the first hot room, reward the dog, Right. <laughs> and then when the dog comes out, m move to the next room, get the ball from him, <laughs> fake throw it, put it in their pocket because that's what worked for this dog. Right. <laughs> fake throw it, stick it in his pocket, go into the next room, find the hide, rinse and repeat four right. or five times in a row. And I'm going to do a, a southern accent that's going to be pretty sweet, but it sounds just like the guy. So uh, he goes in, he comes back out, he, he, the dog goes and finds the hide, sits, boom, rewards him, perfect. Comes out to go to the next room, he reaches down, gets the ball, fake throws it, and puts it in his pocket. The problem is, he actually didn't take the ball from the dog, <laughs> but he held his hand like he had a ball in it, fake threw nothing, and then put nothing in his pocket, and the dog still had the ball in his mouth. And the handler, uh, he goes to go. I go, what are you doing? Wait, what, what, what are you doing? He goes, what? And I said, the dog has the ball. And he's like, what? I said, the dog has the ball still. He looks down and goes, oh, hell, I thought I put it in my pocket. 
<laughs> and I'm like, wow, bro. Really? You fucking with me? I'm looking around to see if there's cameras or something. So get your ball. We go. He actually takes the ball from him. Fake throws it and actually sticks the ball in his pocket. Dog goes in, finds a hide. Boop, gets rewarded. Brings him back out. Truly takes the ball from him. Does it again. Fake throw, put it in his pocket. The dog goes to go and he stops him. And, and I go, what are you doing? And he's looking down. He goes, I had to make sure he didn't still have the ball. I'm like, <laughs> it's in your pocket. I said, listen, no offense. Did you have a stroke like, right in front of me? Like just now, did you have a full-on major incident with your brain and your nervous system in front of me? Because I've never seen anybody thought they had a ball in their hand and thought they faked through it and thought they put it in their pocket. But actually, there was nothing. It was just air in a fucking hand. And uh, I, I just had to shake my head. I was like, but he, he had, he was one of those guys that I was talking about that, that was like, man, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. Just the learning. And I, I probably make people nervous and stressed out because I get, I want expediency, especially if we have five or six dogs in a class. I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, go, get your dog, let's go, let's go. It has to move that way. I can't stand slow moving. I cannot stand it. When we, we have to get reps in, we have to go. So I push and push and push, and it probably made him nervous. Um, but he, again, he was one of those guys, and I've had others where I'm like, listen, I'm not, you're 30 years old. I'm not trying to talk to you like you're a kid, but I'm going to need you to repeat back to me everything that I just say before we go do it and then repeat it to me before we run the dog. Cause he would forget things in five seconds, literally five to eight seconds gone. It was gone out of his brain and he's not the only one. There's several people like that. Oh yeah. I'd be like, Hey, go outside. Tell, tell Tommy, don't come in yet. I got to remove these boxes. And 18 seconds later, Tommy's coming in with his dog. And I'm like, Hey, dude, I, I told you to tell Tommy not to come in. And he's like, oh, hell, I forgot. <laughs> I'm like, forgot? You just, you just went outside? Listen, my memory's shit from getting in my motorcycle crash, but I can remember, you know, that. I can, <laughs> I can remember type instructions like that. I just can't remember where I put my fucking phone every five minutes. <laughs> we had, uh, during the first week of school, and we have dual-purpose dogs, we, uh, like, the tracks are super easy, right? And, and it's all focused on, you know, uh, the handlers reading the dogs and checking negatives and, you know, making sure um, the handlers understand when the dog's not an odor and that kind of shit. And I, I tell them all the time, I'm like, trust your dog, right? Like, trust the dog, trust the dog. And we set the tracks up with wind so that, you know, the dogs aren't going to, like, and they're not going to fucking wind us, right? They're going to tap the track and not actually trail. Um, and, and, you know, so that we get these nice snap head, head snaps and change of behaviors and all this shit so that the handlers can see it, right? And the dogs have been all these tracks before, the handlers haven't, so... Uh, we had a handler and he was having a really tough time trusting his dog. And, um, I finally was just like, look, dude, I was like the dog, he knows where he's going. Like if you, if he's doing X, Y, and Z, he's tracking, right? Like he's in odor. You can tell this is what it looks like. He's like, yeah, I get that. So he, and you know, these tracks are not like super difficult. I mean, they have some change. They have some like, you know, surface changes. There may be some tall grass and shit, but for, for 110% certain, Scott's old ass is not going to go through a goddamn briar patch 
through the mud. <laughs> and <laughs> this guy, he came back from the track and he's just fucking covered in stickers and covered in mud. And the dog's got shit all in his hair and the dog's got mud all over his face. And I, they, he went through like a briar patch. So he's got fucking thorns all over him. And I'm like, where in the fuck? What are you doing? Like, what did you do? And he was like, I was trusting my dog. I'm like, no, you were not. Because I can guarantee you Scott's old ass did not go that way. Mm-hmm. And what had happened is he didn't trust the dog. And he full on, you know, he was like, I thought I saw a change in behavior. And I watched some of the GoPro footage before. And the dog had heard a deer mm-hmm. out on the other direction at a turn. And he didn't go after the deer. He was just kind of investigating. And so he was like, oh, it must be this way. And... He took the, and he was, I mean, it was not even remotely close to, I mean, I was like, this has only been aging 30 minutes and it's only like a quarter of a mile. Where the fuck are these guys? And he comes back, just looks like he had just done a fucking swamp track. And I'm like, what are you doing? And so, yeah, trust your dog. But I mean, come on. (laughs) I I am not going to go, not on those tracks anyway. I mean, I will, but just not for New Hamlers, (laughs) not during that shit, man. That, that was great. And then that guy, he learned the lesson. And, you know, I mean, I guess that's kind of how it has to happen. Yeah, we... Uh, tracking is an issue, man. Tracking is... And I get it. It's difficult. Um, leash handling and tracking is uh, an art form. And I'm, I'm good at it because I train every dog and I handle every dog that comes through here. And right. you guys are the same. And it's it's uh, can be pretty crazy that way. But... Um, guys create bad habits with the dogs and tracking after they leave too the biggest one and there's two of them one is not stopping when the dog stops when the dog stops guys you need to stop you need to not keep walking um that dog will turn and look at you out of the corner of his eyes and see that you're walking and just start walking and ghost track you and next thing you know you're like I just hit the Pacific Ocean and I live in Connecticut I don't know what the fuck I'm doing out here the dog took me all the way out here um when the dog stops, pull that leash, that slack back through your hands, let it slide back out through your fingers when he starts. And the other thing is no running. Don't run on tracks. Telling you, you will miss turns. Your dog will just keep running. Oh, he's runs he tracks too fast. Bullshit. You're a fucking human being. <laughs> you can control how fast that dog goes on his track. Sure, some of it's pulling you and it sucks and they're they're difficult at, at times. But don't run on tracks. I'm telling you, you're missing, you're missing and missing turns, and it's just it doesn't work. Track, uh, running on tracks is definitely a no-no. Um, the other thing I saw, and I've seen it a lot lately, is the one thing we got to watch in all training, and this is um, at at uh, maintenance training and during handler class, is we gotta. You can't have like stupid safety breaches where uh oh somebody gets bit which was a hundred percent avoidable like a hundred percent it's stupid you want to get the eye of sauron turned and paying attention to your freaking program start biting guys at training through dumb shit not uh you know not the hand bite because the the decoy maybe dropped his hand a little bit that i mean that's just stuff like that does happen it's unfortunate it does happen but um, putting your dog in the car after a bite exercise, having the other door open still, not knowing, no situational awareness, getting really cocky with your dog being off leash. Um, I, I, that drives me nuts. There's an empty area out by my old training field. 
and we'll come to we'll go to lunch or outside training somewhere and we come back and I always want the guys to break their dogs and I'll see three or four guys get out and pop their doors and let the dog come out um, off leash to go to the bathroom with another high drive fucking dog 50 feet away, 40 feet away, and then another one and then maybe another one. Um, I, I don't understand it. Hook your dog up. You're not cool. It's not, you know, if you're the only guy there, you come out to the field, great. No one else is over there. But if you got a line of guys waiting to use, to break their dogs there, get your dog on leash, get into piss and shit or whatever, and put them back in the car. Be smarter about it. Just because we've been teaching your dog to be off leash doesn't need to, means he needs to be off leash all the freaking time. And especially new guys, man. No way. Dude, I, and I learned this from experience. My first class with Gina, where I was the handler, I show up for the first day of class. Now, I'd had Gina for like two months. And she was awesome. Dude, I had Abna at home. She's in my yard off leash. No problem. Goes out, goes to the bathroom, comes back. We, I pull up to the empty area. And the um, trainer is inside the fence just watching. I think Chris was there. Another guy that's going to be in the class that I don't know from another department. I get out and I open the door and let Gina off leash. Gone. Took off running. So I had to, I had to chase her. Like I'm yelling. She's like, fuck, she ain't coming back. I had to chase her. She finally stopped to sniff some animal odor and I was able to like bum rush her. But I bet I ran 80 yards, 100 <laughs> yards. It was fucking, it sucked. She was gone, buddy. Headed to the road. She was gone, so uh, that was the last time I did that. The last time. I'll go up there and let dogs off leash that I know are solid off leash if nobody else is over there. So, guys, stop being cocky with your dogs. On the scenarios, don't be dicking around on your phone at training. This is a big problem. Listen, you hang around Ted and I, you'll see. We're busy people. We're busy on our phones. We have to deal with our phones a lot, and it sucks. However, when we're giving instructions or getting instructions or I'm teaching things, I, my phone, I'm not on it. So if I'm telling you what we're going to be doing in the upcoming scenario, don't be on your phone. It's a huge problem right now. So guys are on their phone not paying attention. Then if I have to repeat myself because you weren't paying attention, I get really, really angry. And then you come out and next thing you know, you're not paying attention and you pop your door on a door popper exercise at the wrong time. And then 10 guys have to go escape and try to not get bit by your dog that you thought you had this ultimate control on. You don't. Um, so pay attention, get off your phones during instruction, listen to what the handler says. If you are the trainer, repeat it back to him. If you have to ask again, before you start, there's nothing wrong with making sure you have everything right to do it right. Because the consequence for not doing it right is usually somebody getting bit or bad reps Yeah, that cause training problems. These dogs, guys, three bad reps, three good reps, the dog's can get a, a behavior decent. They can start to understand it, but it's the same thing, three bad reps and they're going to learn it wrong because you weren't paying attention. Yep. 100%. So what else is going on? What do you got going on? Nothing. Going home. Uh, we got green dogs in process. Um, go home, train, um, get dogs up and running. I got another handler school starting probably mid-September. So, um, yeah, we got three guys in that class. So, All right. Yeah, I'm uh, helping out with the uh, my old agency's class still. Some a couple of the guys that had, like, uh, 
like fully pre-trained dogs already gone. The other guys, their dogs were green. They had a little bit of training on them, but they're getting a longer class. So I have a, a dog. Uh, I'm helping that, and then I have a dog that's simultaneously going through my class. And in conjunction, we're kind of working that together. Um, I have some more things coming up. We have uh, some HRDs coming up. Yeah, um, hrdpolicecanine.com um, is where you can find all of that. Um, some stuff has been moved and canceled. The website has been updated. Depending on when you're listening to this, uh, that may also change. But as of today, um, the next one is going to be Richmond, Indiana. And that, uh, in a couple of weeks? Yeah, a few a weeks, weeks, yeah. yeah. So. The big one that changed was um, because of COVID, um, the one over in Philly got canceled. However, right. if you check the website, if you're down in the south, we're coming to Louisiana. Yeah, October, October. 5th through the 7th. Uh, we will be just outside of New Orleans, which uh, is going to be awesome. We're going to see my handler, uh, Tony, with Echo, is going to be down there. Um, Echo the Dutchie. It's going to be awesome. Tony's a great handler, too. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be a good one. Um It'll be a good time to go to New Orleans and the food. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. that's the best part. <laughs> yeah, I've never been there. I've never, never been down. I've driven through Louisiana. That's it. I stopped in Shreveport overnight when I was driving from North Carolina to California, and um, it was. Uh, I had my gun out. It was a little sketchy. Oh yeah, it's the South. There was there was a bunch of drug deals going on in the parking lot at the hotel <laughs> I was at, but the uh, people I dealt with there were super nice. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, once, we need, you get, once you get south of I-10, it gets weird. Yeah. <laughs> we need to do some more of those in the winter, some yes. of those warmer ones in the winter. We're going to Utah this winter. Yeah. We're going and, to Salt Lake City. It's not bad, though. Yeah. And we're going to see one of our podcast hosts, our other Jake, um, Jake Hutchison. So yeah. that'll be good. Uh, the Avalanche Dog um, episode, which was fantastic. We're going to see him over there. And then we're going to be in Michigan in December. Yeah, if I remember like right. Yep. So, and I think that one's already sold out. So, um yeah, that's definitely happening. But yeah, it's Cook County, Michigan. Yeah, remember. something like that. Yeah, I got to get my uh, fleece-lined pants from Walmart. Get them out. <laughs> Those things are warm as shit. They said it was heated. It's not like we were. Oh yeah, we loved the Buffalo seminar seminar last November, but fuck, it was cold that up was, there. Yeah, it was so cold that the headphones stopped working for brown hole. Like I had to stuff them in my jacket. I, I now know which temperature beat stopped working at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was cold. Yeah, it was cold. The building had the building was amazing and yeah. old. Train depot, like huge Grand Central train station, and no heat. Yeah, it was. It was, but it's like working in an icebox. Yeah, we had blowers and everything to help. We had stationed up a, a station room. A, you know, <laughs> they had, I don't know how good that was. Guys would go in there and get nice and warm, and then go get their dog and get twice as cold, probably. So. <laughs> well, anyways, man, this is a good time. We didn't bitch about handlers too much. I know we love handlers. Listen, you, we were, we've been around handlers. I was a handler. I was. I just told you I was an idiot. I, I think, so I think possibly the day that, um, that Gina got on ran, I was, we were still carrying, uh, Smith and Wesson 4506s then. Oh. And I had this big freaking, or were we on Glocks? I can't remember. But I, I may have been wearing a fanny pack with my gun in it. Of course you were. And I had to hold it while I was running after, <laughs> I think. I was like, what the fuck is this? this yeah, why fucking, am I wearing this fanny pack? Fucking fanny pack. It's fanny a pack with a gun in it, right? <laughs> so I was, that was 2005. That, I mean, that's late for fanny packs, 2005. <laughs> I was trying my best. I think I had to dust that bitch off somewhere. But uh, <laughs> so, anyways, thanks, guys. Uh, we got some great 
podcast guests coming up in the next uh, few episodes. So check out the sponsors and thanks as always. Yep. Thanks guys. Our oldest sponsor, our first sponsor and our good friend and a great dude all around Arno at ALM canine equipment, uh, his suits and his canine tugs and bite sleeves are some of the best in the industry. His dude, I have a whole array of different, uh, hidden sleeves from him of all various levels of dogs. Uh, he has a discount code for us, which is amazing. WD radio for 10% off your first order. ALM canine equipment.com. Give him a, give him a shout, man. Arno is a good guy with great quality equipment. ALM canine equipment.com. One of the original three sponsors that have been with us from the beginning is tripwire operations group, LLC. They're an internationally recognized leading provider of products, services, and training for federal state, local and law enforcement agencies and military units. They are ATF licensed for explosive material manufacturer, importer, exporter, and dealer with a wide range of explosive products to offer, including custom kits. These kits are great for detection canine imprinting, and they have three different kits to choose from. These three kits combined create the complete picture for the explosive threats of canines. Be sure to check them out, tripwireops.org. The music in this episode is used with permission by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at Brother Deeg, that's spelled D-E-G-E dot net. Be sure to check him out there or on iTunes, Amazon, CD Baby, or anywhere you stream media. This episode has been edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt. Visit our other sites at patreon.com, look for Working Dog Radio, hrdpolicecanine.com, and look for the nearest seminar near you. You got your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.